afternoon folks. Hi, I'm Mary. I'm here today with James. We were scheduled to be on with James's cousin, but she had to cancel because she has some family stuff going on. So James and I are going to try to have a conversation about it anyways. So <laughs> let me give to you the Reverend James Swartz. Thank you so much, Mary. Um, happy Sunday, everyone. Um, <clears throat> Here it is, Sunday, and we're sitting around podcasting, talking some shit about the Amish. You know how we do. You know I how mean, we roll. <laughs> who, who was it that said this? They said something about if people wanted me to talk kinder about them, they should have treated me better. I feel oh, like that applies. Yeah, I think it was Anne yeah. Lamont or something like that. Like I think that applies okay. here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, <clears throat> Mary, um... You know, first of all, um, I, I love doing the Plain Rainbows podcast with you. And so to jump over to your sister podcast, The Disobedient Women, and I'm secure enough in my masculinity that I can be on The Disobedient Women, no problemo. Yes. Um, yeah, and to talk about Amish rape culture. Um, you know, I'm I, for, for anyone that doesn't know, you know, um, I am a, a writer and a poet, and um, <clears throat> I have written about various Amish topics over the years. However, I would say within the last <clears throat> handful of years, there have been a large amount of books coming out, memoirs, by Amish women detailing their abuse, <clears throat> physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse. Um, at, you know, sometimes at the hands of family yes, or, or their community. And, yes. and so, you know, there, there, and there have been a number of, um, ex Amish women recently that consider themselves Amish, Amish, you know, victim advocates and are trying everything they can to reach vulnerable Amish people in the community and offer resources. <clears throat> So here's the thing. The advocates and those who are trying to, to help the Amish are running into a brick wall. And this is what the brick wall is. If you are an Amish woman or any Amish person, really, that is being, you know, 
physically abused, sexually abused, emotionally abused, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then you need to go directly to law enforcement and bypass the Amish church structure completely to get help. Yep. <clears throat> this is what all ex-Amish people are advocating for. And because they're advocating for that, the bishops are not happy because that's taking away their power. The, you're removing the bishop completely from the process, and therefore he's not in control of his church or whatever. So, Would you agree with that, Mary? I, I would definitely agree with, like, that's why we're running into a brick wall is because of that. Mm -hmm. I would also say that, you know, when and if you do go report it, like, make sure that you're aware that even as an Amish person, there are resources out there to get you to a safe place. If you are and have been, if you have been threatened and you are being threatened, like, there are places where they will take um, people who are in abusive situations and provide housing for them so you get to a safe place before you even go report. And that is accessible to you as an Amish person. I want to point that out too. Um, but as far as like running into the brick wall, yeah, you're right. That's exactly why we're running into a brick wall. Because the bishops, if you start thinking about it, James, what did my bishop say? What did Bishop Dan Miller tell Paul Levy in 2004? He said, I don't understand why the church can't handle it. Here's why the church can't handle it. Because it's not effective. They don't have the tools or resources to prevent offenders from reoffending. Right, exactly. And so, you know, even people in law enforcement, you know, like they're doing, you know, they're attending you know, um, abuse conferences put on by, by Amish, you know, it's like an Amish approved, um, an awareness conference. And so law enforcement shows up or law enforcement is doing podcasts with other Amish people and they're trying to offer, you know, resources and say, Hey, if you're being abused, you need to come directly to us, the police, and we can help provide resources. And the response is, you know, practically non-existent. Yep. So when you start talking and about... Thing, and another thing that comes to mind, Mary, is, okay, you know, like we've talked on a previous episode about how a lot of Americans view the Amish through rose-colored glasses. And oh, there's but a huge... James, he's and, Amish. He would never commit a crime. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so there's this huge tourism built industry, you know, built around the Amish, Lancaster, Shipshawana. I'm familiar with Shipshawana myself, okay, because I'm across the border in Michigan. Yep. But, um, okay, so, you know, there's Amish entrepreneurs. There are ex-Amish entrepreneurs. But especially the ex-Amish, you know, like there's ex-Amish people that own an Amish-style restaurant, you know, in Shipshawana. So, okay, so they can't speak out against Amish rape culture in any way because, you know, if the Amish find out about it and say, hey, you know, so-and-so that runs the blah, blah, blah restaurant is telling people on a podcast to go directly to law enforcement and not us, not cool. Yep. yep. And so law enforcement professionals 
who have reached out to the Amish community, and there are ex-Amish advocates who try to bring law enforcement and people in the Amish uh, community together for events and to raise awareness. Yeah, they're hitting a brick wall because the bishop feels disempowered. <clears throat> yes, that's exactly why. And then and so they're putting on, so like, you know, the Amish are saying, hey, you know, we're going to handle our own problem here. And for a minute, everyone tried to give them space to do so. They brought in law enforcement for them. They put together conferences and then like, like nothing happens. You know, the abuse continues. The stories continue to come out, you know, and um, a lot of, you know. It's and, and here, here's the thing. I went to me and, you know, my cousin was supposed to be here today and me and my cousin, she, you know, her parents uh, were originally Amish, but left the Amish. I was still Amish, but we both attended public school that had non-Amish and Amish students together under one roof. So, you know, um, I, I can recall of an incident which wasn't at our school, but um, <clears throat> a, an, a, a teacher who was not Amish that taught at a public school system had Amish children, you know, in her classroom. And she noticed that one of the students was, dis you know, had, you know, he, they had symptoms of being an abused child, whether it was sexual abuse or whether it was physical abuse, I don't know. So, you know, when a teacher in a public school suspects that one of their students is being, you know, abused, they have to go to law enforcement. That's I mean, correct. you know, right. Well, they're I mean, mandated I, reporters, so they don't I, have well, a choice. Right. I mean, I don't know exactly how it works. They might have, you know, no, I don't I, know. Would it be appropriate for them to contact? you know, like their supervisor, like the principal first before going to law enforcement. Do you know this, Mary? I do not know what the school systems. Um, okay. System so let is me... for reporting. But what I do know is that they do not go to the Amish Bishop and give him the power to like do anything about it because that's not reporting it to law enforcement. And if they do go to the Amish Bishop and talk to him first and then report it or even never report it like that's illegal and if it ever gets found out they can be held accountable in a court of law and charged right so okay so so the teacher um you know i don't know how it happened but um law enforcement was called and basically the only thing that happened was um the students were removed from that school and placed in an amish school that's the what? only thing that happened. Yeah, yeah, no. No. Law, enfor law enforcement was involved, but what the only thing that really came of anything was that, yeah, the parents removed the student from the school and put them in an Amish school as opposed to a public school. And so, you know, and, and so if you're an educator in a public school system, like even here in Michigan, you know. Um, this is garbage. And and you suspect one of your students is being abused. If you report it, if you go to law enforcement, your students are you know the parents are going to yank your students or your students out of your out of out of the school. 
I mean, that is a consequence that you are facing as an educator. <clears throat> mm -mm. But that's also garbage because that gives back the almost the power to like manipulate the narrative and not really like, yeah, no, that's yeah. unacceptable. And yeah. and that's like on top of it, like when you start talking about rape culture, let me give you some examples, like blaming the victim. You know what? How how much? How how specific do we want to get this? Like, how much is this ingrained into Amish culture? Like, have you ever sat in church and listened to an Amish survivor that was still a minor confess to sinning because they were they enticed their brother to sexually assault them? Have you ever heard of that? Personally, no, because you know I didn't I I didn't get to um you know I didn't join church so I wasn't privy to any of the adult things oh, that James. happened in there. I'm I'm sinning by telling you this, but yes, I I actually listened to this, and this is horrifying yeah. because that child yeah. was still a minor, or yeah. you know when when they talk about like well you shouldn't laugh too loudly or, or you shouldn't talk too freely with boys or men like because that might be like flirting with your eyes or you know just all of those things that they constantly remind you of like is what is that yeah that's so, not, so here so here's another point teaching is, you, know, you you're responsible if somebody rapes you Go ahead, here, here's the yeah here's the thing is you know all the incredibly brave and courageous amish women that have written books <clears throat> and have come forward and shared their stories you know, first of all, we applaud you. That is an ama that's amazing. And you know, you made it to the other side and you are living your best life. Yeah. However, you know, in the Amish community, your name is Mud. And yes. <laughs> if and yes. if you are and if you I'm are publicly that. advocating, yes, yes. I'm if that, you are publicly advocating <laughs> for Amish abuse victims to go to law enforcement and bypass the Amish church structure. Um, your name is also mud. And this is where everyone is hitting a brick wall. Mary, there was a story recently of an Amish, um, Amish resources that were advertising in an Amish newspaper. And they recently had their advertising, their advertising denied because oh. the Amish on the board of directors, I don't recall the newspaper, but it, it's one that all Amish get. It's not the budget, but you know, like the yeah, and so beaver so, something. It's in Pennsylvania. Um, oh my gosh! Like there was a there was a post on, I think Linda Crockett over at Safe Communities had compiled like an entire year's worth of educational information, and um, they compiled a committee of Amish men to review the ads. And I personally have viewed the ads and the ads are actually factual. They're good information, but they had a problem with the ads and how they talked about safe touch and non-safe touch because it talked about private parts. I don't know. Like it was very general, like appropriate it was really would be helpful for Amish kids to have access to this information, but they pulled all of it because the Amish committee that they created to review these ads decided that this is too much. Yeah. <clears throat> so, 
So, you know, <clears throat> to all the um to all the ex-Amish women that are out there, you know, putting putting themselves on the line for you know, advocating for abused Amish people and trying to get them resources and they're hitting this brick wall. <clears throat> I don't really know what the solution is because the solution is, I mean, obviously, people the solution is to is to ignore your bishop and go to law enforcement. However, the Amish bishop is going to tell you not to do that. And if you do do that, um, you know, um, yeah, again, you're mud. There's and also you have to go back to that community. So then you have, you know, a pissed off bishop at you and you have. Yeah. So, I mean, and the community treats you badly. So um, I, I, at this point, you know, it's really hard to see how to break down that barrier within the Amish, uh, I mean, every community should have a list of resources posted yep. at freaking church, you know, yep. whether yep. it's the National Suicide Hotline, you know, all, all the general info, uh, resources, yep. that, yep. that should be posted at church. And so then everyone can see it. Here's another thing is stop using counselors. Just because somebody was ordained by lot and told a book with a piece of paper does not make them qualified to be a counselor and help somebody who was abused. Right. You know, that's, and, a, and I mean, that's another thing is like, you don't need to go to your church to go see a therapist, to see somebody who is qualified to actually help you navigate through the trauma that you've went through, through the abuse that you've went through. Right. And Mary, I talked to you about this story the other day, and I will bring it up just as an example of abuse. And this is not, um, <clears throat> um, this is actually animal abuse. Animal abuse is also, you know, it happens in the Amish community. There are some Amish people that take wonderful care of their animals. That is a top priority. And there's literally no issue whatsoever, you know. And then there's Amish people. Because everyone's different. Everyone comes from different families. There's Amish that do not take very good care of their animals. And I know there's a lot of ex-Amish people out there right now going, mm-hmm. Like, you know, this has been known for a we, long time. We, we all time. know this. Yeah. So my story is, uh, it might have been someone in the neighboring church community. But, you know, they took the horse and buggy to work on a boiling hot summer day. They tied their horse up to the hitching rail under the blazing sun. They went into the local restaurant and had a meal. And this guy, you know, gossip has it, Mary. He was flirting with the waitresses all morning to the mm -hmm. point where he, he was there for lunchtime. Mm -hmm. so well, and I'm sure it, yeah. it yeah. waitresses. And, so, and he had one. Yeah, the, the waitresses. And, you know, so meanwhile, so meanwhile, his horse is out in the sun, has, you know, heat stroke, faints, falls over. Um, I don't recall if the horse died. Probably not. But I think, you know, he, it fell over. And mm -hmm. ex-Amish, or ex-Amish, excuse me, non-Amish people, passersby, had to step in, call the fire department so they could bring out water for the horse, get it under a shade tree. They had to drag the Amish dude out of the restaurant from, from flirting with waitresses. And I mean, when my when my Amish father heard that story, Mary, that was one of the few times that I really saw him upset at someone else in the Amish community, like openly upset. He did not like that whatsoever because 
you know, we, we took good care of our horses. There was, you know, even, you know, yeah. So, you know, there, it happens from time to time, you know, there's some horrible animal abuse story and I know there's the Amish puppy mill thing and in Indiana, but here, I, I have a statement to make James. You tell me what crosses your mind when you hear it. I was told that you can tell how a boy will treat you as a husband by the way he treats his horses. What do you think about I that? Need to, I need to I need to process that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying this is what I was told. I'm not saying use that. I'm just saying that's what I was told. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So yeah, you know, um, and you know, Mary, like I, I, I said earlier, you know, like I attended public school with Amish and non-Amish classmates. And yes. looking back now over the years. I can tell you 100% with 100% confidence that maybe one or two of my classmates were being abused at home because looking back now, they kind of had symptoms. And I didn't know that at the time because I didn't, you know. <laughs> well, and not I to didn't. mention you were a child. Right. And yeah, looking back now, yeah, there was definitely things going on at their home. And I feel so bad because, you know, they're your classmates, they're your friends, your your childhood friends, you know, mm -hmm. and going home to a totally different environment than I did. You know, yes. I went home to an Amish father who did not shun me. See, here's the thing, uh, Mary, is let me pull the Amish privilege card, okay? You're so, in the system. <laughs> so let me tell you people, you know, I... I and my family, 10 generations, direct descendants of one of the original, you know, founders uh -huh. of, of Burn, Indiana. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We crossed an yeah. ocean. My ancestor was one of the founding members of the church. So that is my privilege. And, and you know, um, I, have, I have a right to have my say when it comes to the church that I left behind. And that my family left behind because we all left the Amish. And so, you know, here, when people leave a church, it's because the church no longer serves you spiritually. It does not provide you spiritual comfort. There's something going on with your church where it's not a safe environment and the church has failed you. So, you know, when people ask why all of my brothers and sisters left the Amish, like it was like a contest to see who could leave first. Um. Yeah, it's, it's, it's because none of my family agreed with the Amish practice of shunning, you know, and the church is so out of touch that, you know, why wouldn't you leave? <laughs> I mean, you just had to run away, didn't you? Because and, and you're absolutely right, James. The church is no longer serving your spiritual needs, and that's that's absolutely true. I think deep down that that's why everybody leaves the church. Um, mm -hmm. But when you start talking about the shunning, like personally, I think that shunning kills. It is a very dangerous practice. People shouldn't be doing that. Like that's not how to navigate life. Um, 
Yeah. So, so you were never shunned, but you lived in an environment where the church would have rather well, had okay. you be shunned, right? So one of my brothers got shunned. Oh. And I, and I was told that my mom put up with it for like a week. And she said, I'm done. You're eating at the table with us. This is stupid. We're not doing this anymore. It's over. She literally put her foot down and said, I'm done with this nonsense. Yeah. So to my, you know, so that was my family. And like I said, Mary, I, you know, I thought I was kind of up until recently, I thought my family was kind of middle of the road, you know, not really liberal, not really conservative. Turns out that my family was a lot more liberal than I that I thought because when I compare my life to other Amish people, yeah, we were nowhere near what they had to go through. Like, so my cousin couldn't join us, but you know, I have fond memories of going to her house after school and she would make macaroni and cheese and we would watch cartoons, we would watch TV, we would watch movies. Oh my god. And my dad knew this and didn't care because he knew probably that I needed life skills beyond the Amish environment, you know. And James, don't you know <laughs> that Satan's in that devil box? Oh, the devil box. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it. And no, and you know, like like my father would go to my ex-Amish brother's house sometimes in the evenings to visit with him and he would be watching the news. And so my father would join him. They would watch the television news together and it was never a thing. Like it was never, you know? And so, yeah, my family really did not like how backwards the Amish church was becoming. I mean, that's yeah. why we left, you know, it, like that's why everybody leaves. Like, you know, at some point you just have to call bullshit. So here's a question for you. Was it a case of what happens after dark stays in after dark? Like, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Stays in Vegas. What happens in Shipshawana stays in Shipshawana. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you said in the evening he would go watch the news at your ex-Amish brother's house. Like, I'm just wondering, was it dark or not? You know, was it what happens after dark stays after dark? Yeah. Yeah, I'm but, sure the curtains were closed, just in case an Amish oh, buggy okay, went by. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so what's behind the curtain stays behind the curtains. Look, Got hey, it. You know, Mary, I okay. I have a member. I have a memory of my mom. Um, ha she had washed her hair in the kitchen sink. That's the thing with Amish people; they wash their hair in the kitchen sink. Yep, I've done but it. But anyway, so <laughs> so I remember my mom had washed her hair in the kitchen sink, and it was either a spring or summer day. And it was windy out, and so she went outside to comb her hair, you know, and, like, dry her hair outside. Right, right. And she's outside. She's enjoying the breeze. She's combing her hair. I'm playing beside her. And then down the road, far away, you hear a clip-clop, clip-clop. My mom was in the house so fast with her head, her head covering on and the strings tied. And you know what? The Amish buggy, I don't think it stopped by. But if it had, she was prepared and she had to prepare that fast. Like, you know, yep. it's like things like that. Like well, this is so this is what it's like in the Amish culture. Like everybody is wa watching and waiting for you to fuck up. And then if you get caught doing something. Yeah. You know, and, and when yeah. they go around and they take the vote, the rote, which is a vote in church mm -hmm. when you mm -hmm. confess. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, people will add to your sentence because everything, everybody is always watching everything and you don't ever get like, you don't get the opportunity to like really disagree with that. You just have to go along with it and agree with it. And I think that lends to the rape culture within the church. I really do because everything is so like, everybody's always watching everybody, but there's such a silencing and denial like there's flat denial that these things are happening like they wouldn't even call it rape like they'll say that a 15 year old enticed somebody to rape them or oh you know she's just she's a wild child and it's like this is obviously not consensual like you you know children cannot consent thank you exactly thank you like that yeah because you start talking about rape culture and and how is that inside of like um, Amish stuff? Like you know, there's a lot of times they'll talk about. I remember like there's talk about the don't be alone with a with an English man, but then it's like if you look at the statistics for who is a perpetrator of sexual assault, like most cases, especially sexual assault of children, um, in most cases, it's somebody that they know or somebody that the family knows very well. Um, That that doesn't just change just because it's an Amish community. Um, Another thing that'll happen is they'll talk about the way that a victim dresses. Like if somebody is a survivor of being um, sexually assaulted they'll talk about the way that she dresses or like oh my god she she moved her leg that way and so her her leg was exposed or you know just the most random dumbest thing ever like your dress can't be too tight your um if your dress is too short or too long like it has to be like the right specific um length from the floor and if you're um shots been your apron strings are too wide or too narrow again like if you went if you deviated accidentally by either way then it was automatically like people were watching you and you'd have to go fix that because you know that that can you know entice somebody to rape you like there's this whole teaching people that teaching women that they're responsible women and children that they're responsible for what men do or even sometimes there can be women perpetrators as well but it's teaching people that they're ultimately responsible for what what right right it's it's unfathomable it doesn't mean i can't even put it into words like doesn't make any sense okay so okay we we live in the 21st century we live in modern times but when you step into an amish community you know it's a whole nother world so, yeah. you know, and, a, and an example of that, you know, um, I, I really wish my cousin could have joined me today, but unfortunately she couldn't. So she can't, she's not here to speak to this, but she would be aware of the story because it was kind of on her side of the family. There was an Amish family reunion recently and uh, some people I know went and someone told me that they had two separate food areas set up at the reunion. One was for the Amish people, and the food was prepared for by the Amish people. 
And there was a separate food area for the ex-Amish people that was, you know, prepared by the ex-Amish people. That yep. was a family reunion with two set, like it's little, it's literally segregated. Yep. That's because insane. It's, it's, it's like this whole thing of like, if you associate with somebody who is considered lower on the social ladder or who is considered an outcast or an opgangana or somebody who's fatsprung, like somebody who ran away or somebody who doesn't conform to the societal norms, if you associate with them, it can taint you. Yeah. If you cook them food, yeah. if you like it, and it can vary among communities or even amongst families. I, I have to give that disclaimer. Um, but <laughs> fact of the matter is, is that this does still happen where it's like, we can't eat from the same food bowls as you because you're going to taint it because you don't conform to our standards. Whew. Yeah. 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 Well, James, do you have any parting thoughts on this whole rape culture? Like, <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, Mary, thank you so much for giving me that, you know, a platform to share my thoughts on this because there's a lot of ex-Amish people and even non-Amish people that are advocating for Amish abuse awareness, trying to provide resources. But, you know, everyone is hitting that brick wall, which is, you know, you go to law enforcement directly and you're making the bishop mad. So pretty much, you know, and there have been some amazing women that have launched organizations and devoted their life, their time, their resources to helping people, you know, because we have a responsibility to our community and that is to try and leave it a better place than we found it. Right. Yes. So, you know, to, to all the, to all the, you know, strong Amish women, Amish people in general that have come forward, that have put books out that have literally put their reputations on the line to discuss, um, to discuss, you know, Amish rape culture. Um, I applaud you. You know, what you're doing is amazing. But again, everyone is running into the same brick wall and I'm not sure what the solution is. You know, like, Someone you know, needs to put a full page black and white ad in the front page of the budget newspaper saying budget, if you're an yep. Amish abuse victim, contact law enforcement, do not go to your bishop, you know, and that literally, you know, it goes against the Amish power structure of the, of the church of the community. Yes. So, so, you know, I, I, I understand a lot of the nuances and issues within the Amish but I don't know what the solution is in terms of getting Amish to actually report to law enforcement, because as we have seen in the past, they say, yes, why, yes, we will do that. That's a great idea. We will provide a list of resources for our community. And the problem is totally taken care of. No worries here, folks. We got this. Mm -mm. And, they, and they don't got this. Uh -uh. No, case in point, let's talk about the Amish Abuse Awareness Committee. They started about three years ago doing this, um, going around and doing these conferences about abuse awareness. And I sat through one of these. And the question I had to ask at the end of it was, was this to promote abuse or prevent abuse? Wow. And I was also horrified 
horrified, absolutely horrified. The more I consume of the materials that they promoted at this, I am horrified, absolutely horrified. Yeah. Yeah. It is so not helpful. They had to train up a child there, which I absolutely do not recommend. The only book that they had that I would recommend is The Five Languages of Love. That is yeah, the so only book that was on two tables full of materials that I would recommend. Right. So, you know, the Amish are not getting resources. You know, there can be conferences and, you know, everything once a week. But, you know, if they're Amish approved, like there's not going to be any results. You know, if a, if a, a, a law enforcement officer attends the, the conference and says to, the, you know, and, and stands up and says, hey, I'm here for you. If you're being abused or, you know, in whatever way you need to come see me, nobody's going to do it. Yep. And here's a thought that I have, James. My thought and my hope is, is that eventually I can develop like posters and flyers that people can take and, and post in public places around Amish and Plain communities and posters and flyers that like define things like terms that they don't understand or they may not understand because English is our second language. And not only posters and flyers, but also lists of resources, numbers they can call, um, places to contact. Yes, and I and, believe, I believe, um, you know, uh, she canceled, but I think my cousin had information on a halfway house for women in Michigan that they can go to if they're abused. Um, again, I don't, yeah, um, I, I know there's resources out there. Here's the thing. Um, this is why, you know, Mary, thank you for letting me be on your sister podcast because, you know, this gives me a chance to talk about something different and, um, you know, join the conversation on this. And the thank thing you. is, I, yeah, and, you know, I know, like, um, there's resources out there for Amish people, um, but all of our problem is getting actual resources to the Amish and then having the Amish actually use these resources, you know? Bridge so, the gap. See, right, right. So there's resources right. out there, and please know that there are a number of Amish women working around the clock to, you know, and to try and, you know, make things better for everyone. You know, yep. that's what we all want at the end of the day. We're not, no one here is interested, you know, I don't know if you've ever watched Game of Thrones, Mary, but it's kind of like an Amish environment, right? Like when someone takes Game the throne. Game of Thrones is not and, my show. <laughs> okay, so, no. when someone, so when someone new takes the throne and everyone's all freaked out because they know they're an evil person and bad times are coming, you know, it's kind of like a new Amish bishop. Oh, bad times are coming. So and so just got elected, right? Oh my gosh, James. <laughs> Amish yeah. Game of Thrones. <laughs> you know, and and here's the thing too, is like even if you're currently Amish and you don't know quite what to do or you don't feel comfortable reporting, you can always reach out to one of the advocates. And most like some of us will like help you, like I personally will help you find if you feel comfortable telling me what location you're in, help you find resources that are local to you and accessible to you. Right. And so can I ask that our viewers who watch this video, if you have read, you know, a book by an Amish or ex-Amish assault survivor or, you know, someone who has put out a book, 
drop that link um, in the comments so that others can see the amount of books that are being put out by ex-Amish women detailing their abuse. You know, this is not like two or three cases that we're talking about here. This no. is literally <laughs> a lot more no. than that. A it's lot, a lot more, more than that. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, people people need to um, come together and they need yes. to they need to unify even more, you know. Yes. And, and yeah, go ahead. Part of part of my goal in that is is like I aim to have these like downloadable PDFs that people can literally print off on their own and put them places. I personally don't have any funding besides what I myself have poured into my organization. And I'm not rich by any means. Let me just throw that out there. And sometimes I work two jobs to be able to do this. But like in the same token, I have the idea and the feeling that if we band together and we collaborate together and we do this and we make these resources available and accessible to people and the people who do live around communities are able to go put these this information in, in public places, like who knows? You might be surprised at how many people you can reach that way. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> I guess I I guess my, my parting thought, Mary, is that you know, if there's any Amish women that are being abused that are listening to us today, please contact law enforcement. Do not go to your bishop. Yep. And yep. know that there is a really big and incredible support system out there for you with resources and that you need to, you know, you need to help yourself. You need to um, allow other people to help you help yourself out of a situation that we all had to go through as well, which is disentangling yourself from the Amish system. <clears throat> yep. Mm -hmm. Thank you, James. Thank you. You're very welcome, Mary. <laughs> you know, this is a whole different thing from what we have been doing, but thank you. I really appreciate you. Um, again, to our viewers, if you can just please drop the links, like James said, for your books. Um, yes, yes. Yes. And also to any Amish person listening, you know, please reach out if you need assistance. If you don't know yes. how to contact law enforcement, please reach, reach out. If you would just like to talk to somebody, please reach out. There are people that are literally, they have created organizations, like James said, just for you. Right, right. right. And on that note, I think I'm going to say goodbye. I hope everybody <laughs> has a beautiful, wonderful, wonderful Sunday. Yay. Yay.